You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, doing well. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of the COVID stuff. Disappointed in the uh, Afghanistan situation. We, we've seen disappointed is is really putting it mildly it's an understatement i think um it, it it's a vast understatement uh with, with the upper end of the numbers we were seeing being forty thousand, um I, I was seeing numbers earlier of how many people we've actually gotten out that were americans and that's infuriating what what kind of numbers did you say four thousand four hundred and two okay that's how many that's we got num- out well uh, that's that's the number that cnn is actually saying that we still have on the ground uh, uh well that's uh, according to the State Department, that's how many we can confirm that we have gotten out. The State Department, right? Because they've been amazing in trying to help people with all of this, haven't they? Oh, uh, get to the airport if you can. Uh, well, if you can't get to the airport, then try and get to the United Arab Emirates. Uh, get to the Indians. They can help you because we can't. Get to the airport, but if you can't, then sorry, there's nothing we can do. We're advising you not to go to the airport because of checkpoints and violence. So shelter in place. This is the kind of garbage you're getting from the State Department. Yesterday, yesterday, as we went off, as we were logging out, all the good stuff always happens as we log out. Yesterday, as we went off, the State Department issued a uh, issued a statement to assets left on the ground in Afghanistan, but then they retracted it about 20 minutes after they said it, if this gives you an indication. The State Department issued a warning that Americans left in Afghanistan will be without assistance, but then they retracted it. The final message to Americans was recalled after a half an hour. So 30 minutes went by and they pulled it. I have the message here. The U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan today sent out a final message for Americans wanting to leave Kabul with government help. The message read, this is the final message for the Ameri- or for American citizens who wish to depart Kabul. American citizens who choose to remain in Afghanistan should be prepared to arrange their departure without assistance from the U.S. government. They're going to create a hostage situation here, the likes of which we've never seen before. That's what they're going to do. They are going to start taking hostages. Oh, yes, they're playing nice right now. But they said yesterday, well, two days ago, whatever it's been, uh, they said yesterday, I think it's yesterday, that they are sticking to the August 31st deadline. We've started withdrawing our troops now. We've got 8,700 on the ground. We're in the process of withdrawing them now. You don't, I'm going to say this again, you don't pull out of a country. Uh, Believe me, I'm a person that doesn't believe that we should have been there to begin with, but you don't pull out of a country like this. When you leave a country like this, especially one that we've been in for two decades, you evacuate all of our civilians, all of our NGOs, all of our personnel, all the contractors, you pull all of them out. You pull our equipment out and then you withdraw our military and you destroy everything that you're leaving there that you can't take. That's the withdrawal. This guy's done it backwards. You've pulled the military in the dead of night. You left our people stranded on the ground over there. You didn't even bother to think about the equipment. We've left over 75,000 vehicles in there. 
16,000 pairs of NVGs, millions and millions of rounds of ammunition. The Taliban did not have night vision goggles. What do you think that's going to do now? That was way beyond their capabilities. They can't produce that stuff. And now, now we're going to leave our people there. I said yesterday, I said, it is not out of the realm of possibility for these scumbags to leave our people there on the ground. And they'll do it. They're already saying it. And it follows along the same lines right when the Taliban <clears throat> magically took over with a couple of, uh, couple of stolen Humvees and some brand new Toyota trucks and a couple of mopeds. That's really about all they had. The State Department said then that you were essentially on your own. Until they said, well, uh, okay, we'll allow you to, uh, uh, to get to the airport and we'll, we'll have some flights out there for you. So we sent 4,000 back in. And then, of course, we sent 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. We're up to 8,700. Now we're pulling them back out. Because if we're going to hit that August 31st deadline, well, then we need to start pulling our people out now. There was a German journalist that was shot this morning trying to get out of there. U.S. and German troops were trying to get them out. The Daily Caller asked a State Department or asked the State Department for clarification on this statement that they issued yesterday, you know, the one they recalled and said, well, we're going to we're going to tell all of you that, you know, the final message that uh, for American citizens, you're on your own if you don't uh, if you don't get out. They got this response from the State Department. Listen to this. We sent an email to American citizens earlier that was recalled for technical reasons. We shortly thereafter sent a revised email, and recipients should follow the instructions in that message. For security reasons, we are not going to get into further detail. That's pathetic. Security reasons. Security reasons. The Pentagon yeah. and the State Department both yesterday canceled their press conferences on this matter after they look like complete asses for sending that stuff out. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, a fun little, you know, because we like numbers, uh, a fun little th uh, factoid. There was leaked uh, documents from the State Department. Uh, now, this is a few days old, mind you. Uh, but nonetheless, this was leaked. Uh, as of the 23rd at midnight, uh, the total manifest for American citizens removed uh, was 4,407. Total number of Afghanis. 21,533. And then you had third country nationals. Uh, they're uh, about 642. Some of these people are getting caught. And when I say getting caught, uh, there were some because they're bringing them to Ramstein here in Germany. Uh, they're going to be going on to the US. Uh, they're being taken to the UK. And then, of course, they'll be housed there. Uh, apparently, we're paying, and I'm not joking, I saw this today. Apparently, they're they're using U.S. taxpayer money to house Afghan refugees in Colombia. So they'll get them to another country down there. They'll get them to the I'm assuming this is the work of Soros and the NGOs. And that's my guess. Is, is that right there? And then they'll work out how to work them up through uh, the Northern Triangle to get them up into the uh, up into the U.S. Because that's that's what they do. They get them into the NGOs in South Central and South America, and then they'll work them up. They'll pay them and then say, OK, well, we'll give you a thousand or twelve hundred or whatever uh, per leg of this trip that are loaded on prepaid MasterCards through the United Nations, George Soros and MasterCard. That is not hyperbole. That's actually happening. And they're using U.S. taxpayer money to do it. But they're finding at the U.K. and in Germany at our military checkpoints in these two countries that a lot of these people are not only on no-fly list, they've been deported from the U.S., from the U.K., and from European countries for being on terror watch lists. You know, we were uh, we were talking before recording and I, I had mentioned that um, when evacuating these um, um, Afghani refugees uh, that w we have some private businesses and charities and whatnot that are working in there that are trying to get people out. 
we being the Americans uh, that that I know of. I'm sure there's other countries that are doing it as well. In, in an effort to try to get them out as quickly as possible, they were looking at um, exfiltrating them across the border, the Afghani border, to a country that was willing to accept them. Um, the problem is the State Department will not allow anyone to travel across the borders of Afghanistan. They will not grant approval. It's kind of ironic, don't you think, that the State Department, who is supposed to be protecting our own border and keeping uh, illegals from crossing it, have no qualm with upholding that in another country. But on the home turf, which they are mandated to do, they don't do it. They don't care. So the State Department, on top of this, they penned a letter, which was signed by multiple other countries, uh, but no Middle Eastern countries bothered to sign it, I might add. Uh, none of our allies uh, in the region uh, wanted to sign this. They penned a letter uh, asking the Taliban to be nice to people in Afghanistan. Because they're, they're, they'll totally follow that. I mean, you know, yeah, clearly they're, yeah. they're a reformed, civilized group. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're actually talking today... At uh, uh, I can't remember who said this, but uh, they're actually talking. I want to say I saw this in the Russian press, I think, because I I see all kinds of stuff coming from different news outlets. But I want to say I saw this out of the Russian press. They're actually talking about whether or not the Taliban are entitled to the seat at the United Nations because they are the, quote, newly found government. Okay. Do you remember how Trump pulled us out of the World Health Organization? Yeah. But of course, yeah. he wasn't reelected. And then, you know, we're right back into that. Same thing with the Paris yeah. Accords. We, we withdrew from the Paris Accords because it was just a bunch of crackpot nonsense from a bunch of scum down in Davos. So, oh, yeah. And I got something on that agenda. So we'll get to that in a minute. But he pulled us out of these organizations because they do nothing but suck American taxpayer money. And they are completely useless. They have been useless since the inception of them. Go back and look at the League of Nations. The League of Nations led us to World War II. The United Nations has put us essentially in World War III and probably World War IV, if you want to call it that. Some people, a lot of analysts say that the Cold War was World War III. It just never went hot. But these are empty vassals of nothing. China holds a seat on the Human Rights Council. For God's sake, they've got over a million people, a million Muslims in slave labor camps, and they hold a seat on the Human Rights Council. Saudi Arabia's got a seat on there, too. They cut people's heads off. You've got these ridiculous fools that sit up there like this uh, Ted Rose fella that they've got sitting at the at the World Health Organization as the head of the World Health Organization. They've put him there because he's guilty of genocide in his native country of Ethiopia. He oversaw a million people get murdered. And then he stands up there or sits up there rather with a stupid mask on his face and says that, no, no, we're not. We're never going to go back to normal. This is this is complete fantasy. It's fiction. It's not going to happen again. Another front person, another compromised front person that can say these things because people like Bill Gates can't. If Bill Gates were out there and we know how popular he is, if he were out there saying that the world was never going to go back to normal, which actually he has, it's just people can't quite figure it out. But if he were out there saying that, If he were out there promoting all of these things, like, let's say, for example, he was out there saying the things and going on all the networks all the time, all day, every day, like Fauci, who is, again, who is a a front man for Gates. Do you think the agenda would go through? No. Same thing with Klaus Schwab. Klaus can't come out and make these statements like that. He has to do it with a more friendly, inclusive, fair face, doesn't he? Yeah. He has to sit up there with his his white cat and his diamond necklace and talk about how he's going to create a fair world and an inclusive world. Yeah, give me a break, Klaus. Right. Go sell that stuff to some of your friends from back in the 40s. OK, that's ridiculous. But again, in the end, it's it's not even them. 
It's not even them. They're fronts for the banks. We've covered that. These organizations, again, the United Nations, front for the banks, was created by Rockefeller. What's Rockefeller? You hear these people that put out these ridiculous papers from the World Economic Forum, and they say, oh, no, we can't even take credit for that because it's not even really uh, our research. Uh, we did it in collaboration with the Rockefeller Foundation. Again, another connection to the banks. It, it's, it's so obvious. I say people, I mean, they just don't get it. They, they, they just don't understand it. Biden's approval rating has hit the lowest levels yet. The lowest. Right now, he's at 41, uh, but he's trending downward. Like, he's rocketing uh, down. Did you have something that, that you want to say? That can't be right. Yeah, that can't be right because uh, he's the most voted for president in American history. I mean, he was the most liked that we've ever had. So clearly, uh, that can't be possible. Those numbers must be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more popular than he, Obama. Or is he trying to set a new record and trying to be the most approved for of most voted for president to tank and be impeached? Like, is, is that his legacy? Is that what he's trying to get? Because he's on a good track for it. Uh, He's also taken a hit beyond the overall approval ratings. Uh, He still has an 87 percent support from the Democrat base uh, from the, you know, the elected body there. So they still support. Of course they do. Of course they do. Only 32 percent of independents saying that uh, said that he does uh, that he's doing a good job. So 32 percent of the independents. Yeah. And you know something? The independents, for those that aren't aware, the independents in America are more left than the Democrats. In most cases, in most cases, look at Bernie Sanders. He's an independent. What does he call himself? Oh, he's a democratic socialist, right? Yeah. Everyone's favorite floppy old grandpa with a crumpled suit. Yeah, sure. Poll was taken Thursday through Monday. Uh, as the uh, Only 26% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of Afghanistan and his numbers and on domestic who, issues. Yeah, go ahead. Who is the 26% that approves? It's a good question. Keep in mind. You have to you have to consider, Bruce, that you have to consider the legitimacy of this poll and you have to consider the <laughs> the enhanced media outlet that gave mm. this poll. It's USA Today. They put out the poll. So, of course, you have to believe that there are 26 percent of Americans that still approve his uh, his Afghanistan measure. And of course, you have to believe that 87 percent of Democrats support him. So 26 percent of the people they polled. So did they go to like Capitol Hill or something and poll them? Because that's where I, I would assume they would find that 26% is amongst the Democrats that think this uh, country is the worst, that it's so corrupt and evil. And I mean, I think it is corrupt as well, but, you know, think it's so evil and whatnot because of slavery and blah, 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 whatever. It's racist, always has been, you know, all those, the rhetoric we're hearing with uh, mm-hmm. CRT and the, the uh, BLM all of last year. And yeah. Apparently, 39% of people, according to the USA Today poll, the excuse me, the enhanced USA Today poll, uh, say that he's handling the economy well. Apparently, they haven't seen the new bill that's coming through that he's going to sign in that's going to absolutely tank our economy. Uh, He's going to increase the taxes on corporations by, I believe it was 8%, might have been 7%. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But that puts us at one of the highest corporate tax rates in the world mm-hmm. for a um, uh, first world country, if you will. Um, and where do you think all those those increases in taxes, where do you think those are going to go? Right on us as the individual. It's going to crush our farms because he's getting rid of the uh, uh, whatever the initiative was. I forget what the bill was that, that um, Trump put through to help our farmers. He's getting rid of that. So you're, you're going to have something like 
a million farms that are that are going to get hit by that. You have another 1.6 million small businesses are going to get it crushed by uh, these tax increases because it it increases taxes on uh, C corps. So. And of course, they want to increase the capital gains. They wanted to double the capital gains when he took office. That's in the works, too. They're spending money like drunken sailors. They just passed, the House just passed three and a half trillion, three and a half trillion. The Fed, the Fed, and I know we have no control over the Fed. That's going to, that's another argument in and of itself. The Fed, for the first time in their history, is increasing their balance sheets this week by six and a half trillion dollars. You talk about helicopter money. People in America, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you have no idea what's coming. No idea. I, I have an idea. Two Krispy Kreme donuts a day. Yes. Yes. That, that's what you get. You get two Krispy Kreme donuts a day. Yeah, you're right. What Bruce is referencing there is uh, Krispy Kreme has, uh, well, like I said, they uh, when in doubt, you never admit fault. You double down, right? They have doubled their vaccine incentive. Uh, and they say that soon Americans showing a valid COVID-19 vaccine card can get two, count them, two free donuts a day. Two free donuts a day. Yeah, your big ass needs to be eating a donut because you're supposedly trying to stay healthy and keep your immune system up. You don't need to be eating that poison. Now, don't get me wrong. Baked goods are a, are an, a, an amazing treat, but two free glazed donuts a day and you're trying to stay healthy. Does that make any sense? It's the same thing. Like That's as stupid as Bill de Palacio offering you free burgers and fries or Governor Murphy offering you a free shot and a beer for a COVID vaccine. Sam Adams is out there promoting, oh, you get a free beer. First round's on us. Same thing with Budweiser. This is unprecedented, this stuff. Where's the scientific evidence to support that? Fauci spoke yesterday about, he misspoke about the uh, deadline for the, uh, the the 2022 or whatever it was, you know, the fall of 2020, basically a year from now. And I thought on it today and I said, you know what? No, he wasn't wrong. Fauci wasn't wrong when he said that. Oh, he says, oh, I do. I want to apologize. I want to make the correction. I misspoke. No, you didn't. The reason you did not misspeak is because what is happening exactly one year from now, 12 months from now, where are we going to be? We're going to be getting into the final days up until the 2020 midterms, aren't we? They are going to ratchet that stuff down. The COVID stuff, all the rest of it, they are going to ratchet that stuff down during that time. So he did not misspeak. Yes, he was right about, oh, well, we can start to trend out of, of you know, the, in the spring. Yeah, we can start to see a, a sense of normality right now. See, it's a sense of normality again, again. And I'll go over this here in a minute. But that's the normal time when you start trending out of the normal cold and flu season. And so, of course, you're going to start to see things open back up. Of course, you're going to be taking another economic haircut because, well, apparently we don't want to do anything to stop it. So he wasn't wrong because as soon as we get to this time next year, just like they're doing right now, Scotland is saying, for example, they're going to have to lock back down. Oregon announced today that, well, regardless of vaccination status, we're re-implementing mask mandates outdoors. New York, California already doing it. How long before it comes to your state, your town? People think because you don't live in New York or you don't live in California, you don't live in Europe. Well, it's okay because it's not here. It's going to be there. I want to go over four tweets here from, well, not specifically Dr. Fauci, but these are references to Dr. Fauci by Medscape. These are verified accounts. Okay. Medscape, CNN, MarketWatch, and The Daily Caller. Okay. I want to go over these four tweets. December 23rd of 2020, Dr. Fauci said this, life should be back to normal by June. Was it? Or at the end of August? Is life back to normal? No, don't think so. Seven days later, Fauci said this. If the U.S. is able to diligently vaccinate people in 2021, the nation could return to normal life by early fall. Are we returning to normal life? 
do we have any evidence to show that that's the case? No, no. February 20th of 2021. Fast forward a couple of months. Fauci predicts a return to normal by Christmas. Are we going to have a normal Christmas this year? Answer, no, we're not. Because if it's the end of August and they're already shoving these so-called mandates that are not even mandates, you put a rubber stamp on that stuff all day long. I don't care what you people say, you sick idiots. You people are sick. Do you understand? That means nothing. You're threatening people's livelihoods. What does that say about you? Two days ago, clip we played last night, Fauci on CNN. Dr. Fauci says that if the majority of Americans get vaccinated, COVID-19 will be under control by the spring of 2022. Human beings do great with a carrot and stick, don't they? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Two weeks flatten the curve, yeah. You see these little breadcrumbs that this little garden gnome is dropping as he, as he goes along? I don't mean to insult the man physically, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I see him. It's just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. It's always getting you to another point. We're trying to navigate a maze that has no exit. When we went over the psychological trauma of public health, we went over Biedermann's chart of coercion. And that's exactly what this is. Oh, you can have this. It's, it's like being tied up and, and tortured by somebody. Well, you know, if you do this, if you tell us this, then we'll give you this. It's the same thing here. If you do this, well, then you can have your restaurant back. You can have your gym back. You can have your uh, whatever, your concert back, your movie back. It's crumbs that you're being thrown from a captor. That's all it is. These people are so sick, twisted and demented that they believe that if you are stupid enough to go out and put whatever it is that they've got for you in your body and it kills you, well, then you deserve what you get. You know, the more we go into these things... The more I'm, I'm inclined to be an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, <laughs> it almost seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I heard somebody, I heard somebody in the mainstream today. They were talking about, well, no, I mean, not mainstream, mainstream, like not on like TV or something, but an alternative podcaster. And they were saying, look, the liberal world order, which has been in place since the end of the war, you know, the tolerant type and all the rest of it, yeah, because well, we defeated fascism, right? Well, what remained? Right. Don't get me wrong. Fascism needed to be defeated. Of course it did. But all you did was smash the opposite side of another form of Bolshevism. That's all you did. You didn't actually fix the problem. General Patton knew. He knew. When he was in Europe, he was telling the higher ups back in Washington, when we're finished with the Germans, we need to continue right across and finish the Russians off. Now, that's not a poke at the Russian people. I have a lot of friends that are Russians. I've worked with Russians. God, I shouldn't say that because then they'll start looking into my phone records. <laughs> it was many, many years ago in a professional manner. I mean, they'll look into our records anyway because yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, go ahead. You're going to be really disappointed. Mine's rather boring. Yeah, it's, you're going to be really disappointed. But they knew what the problem was. The people on the ground, they knew what the problem was. After Patton said that, he was in an auto accident on a U.S. military base two weeks later. He was in the hospital. He was recovering from that auto accident. And all of a sudden, oh, he just passed away mysteriously in the middle of the night. And I've told you the story about Korea, how that happened. I told you the story about what they did in Mao in 49 with the office of the OSS. That's mainline history. Anyone can go and look that up. In fact, I encourage you to. See, the elites and the banks that funded and bankrolled Hitler, same people we're dealing with now, they needed to start over. They tried to do it with the Germans, right? The Germans were, were pretty much after the First World War, they were beaten down. They were they were desperate. They were in a bad spot. Basically, their their entire society was at the bottom. It was collapsed and they were being put through abject hell because of reparations that they just there was no way for them to pay them back. You can't put a country in that kind of a position. You want to charge reparations to a country, fine, but you can't put them in a position where they can't 
pay it back. That defeats the purpose. Same thing with China. China will have to pay reparations for this, but we can't put them in a position where they can't pay it back. But the banker boys figured out that they needed to start from the bottom, from a society that's, quite frankly, I mean, it wasn't wasn't really far advanced of, of really anything. They didn't even have electricity for the most part. So they decided to go to China. They decided to pick a ragtag group of people up in the mountains of 12, 1,200 people up in the mountains by a guy named Mao Zedong. They funded him. Did you know that the actual legitimate government of China is actually not in China? Did you know that? that uh, no, that's a, Taiwan. That's a true story, yeah. This is why China wants to get their hands back on Taiwan. Because when the revolution happened, when the Maoist revolution took over in China, the legitimate government fled. They established an, a government in exile in Taiwan, in Taipei. That is actually the legitimate government of China. See, that's something they don't want to talk about. As a matter of fact... The Chinese Communist Party was not even recognized on the world stage until, surprise, surprise, Jimmy Carter. So at that point, they were recognized. And then, of course, they were brought into the United Nations after that. And then, of course, once the 90s hit, then it all started to really take off, didn't it? So not only did you get a recognition of China under Jimmy Carter, you also had radical Islam unleashed on the world by the Carter administration, didn't you? The mullahs of Iran. We overthrew the Shah. And then, of course, you had the debacle of the first U.S. involvement in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen under Jimmy Carter. And is it just a coincidence that Joe Biden and his wife go and meet with Jimmy Carter, do the little photo op and everything? Is it just a just a coincidence? All right. I don't want to go back really into Afghanistan uh, or anything. We've already kind of we've already kind of talked about that. But I want to play a piece here and I don't want to play the whole thing. But uh, I want to play a piece here from uh, Tucker Carlson. Did a great job with his monologue, as he always does. But uh, he really calls this out. And he really calls these people out for the lying frauds that they are, the hypocritical frauds that they are. And it's just like them. It's just like them. Bruce, do you remember Obama's birthday party? You know, the sophisticated vaccinated crowd? Yeah. 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 Not much was said about that, was there? All the no. partying and everything now, is not, not much was said about that. But see, you want to have a bike rally in Sturgis, so you're, you're an irresponsible murderer. Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, held a, what was it, a $30,000 a plate yeah, it was dinner? Someone that, yeah. $30,000 a plate for a dinner in Napa Valley. Napa Valley is supposed to be one of the high risk areas. Not a mask in sight. Oh, except for the people serving them their food. And shall we say, um, there wasn't, I don't think I saw outside of the people serving, there wasn't a single member of the frontline and vulnerable communities there either. Did you see any? Uh, not attending, I mean, but serving. Serving, yes, but not, yeah. but not attending. Yeah. No. Not attending. No. No, you, you didn't see any of that. Yeah, no. In fact, it was mostly older white people. Uh, there were a couple, uh, I, I would guess maybe 30s uh, in there, but the majority of them were all like 60 and older. Mm -hmm. On the hypocrisy, Tucker Carlson. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Tonight, ever get the feeling we've been here before? Oh, we have. At the height of the worst pandemic in American history, that would be the Spanish flu of 1918, cities across America did something that the rest of us would find familiar today. They issued mandatory mask mandates and they punished anyone who didn't comply. Quote, the man or woman or child who will not wear a mask now is a dangerous slacker, reads a typical announcement from the Red Cross at the time. The city of San Francisco took these rules very seriously, so seriously that a city health agent in San Francisco shot a man who refused to wear a mask. He hit the two bystanders who happened to be standing behind the man. Now, that seemed a bit much to some people, but many other people thought it was fine. They went along with it. They were very afraid of the virus. 
They wanted to do their part to stop it, but most of all, they trusted their leaders. And if their leaders put a mandate in place, they assumed it was for a good reason and they wanted to help. And then a single picture changed everything. A photographer who happened to be attending a boxing match in San Francisco snapped a shot of several high-ranking city officials. That would include the mayor of San Francisco, a member of Congress, a senior health administrator, all sitting at the event, all completely unmasked. The photograph went national. Americans were shocked to discover that the people making and enforcing the rules had no intention of following those rules. Within a short period, mask mandates across the country ended. It turns out the public was willing to endure inconvenience, but not hypocrisy. This country is facing a similar moment again now. Once again, officials in California have been caught on camera exposing their own contempt for their own public health measures. This is footage shot at a Democratic fundraiser yesterday morning in Napa, Napa Valley, that's just north of San Francisco. Nancy Pelosi was there, she's got an estate right nearby. So were other Democratic officials and the party's biggest donors. They paid $30,000 per ticket to be there. Now, looking at the picture, the first thing you notice about the group, other than how strikingly homogenous and non-diverse it is, is that none of them are wearing masks. They're breathing all the fresh air they like, as if it's 2019 again. The only people there who are wearing masks are their servants, the faceless brown serfs scurrying back and forth to bring them things. There's nothing worse than having the help breathe on you. But that's not a problem for Nancy Pelosi, as you can see. I've asked for so long about young people and how we're reaching out to young people in the Olympics. Well, young people, we always ask them, how do you want to be reached out to? It's repulsive, but revealing. It's pretty clear at this point that Nancy Pelosi, our chief COVID enforcer, doesn't believe a word she says about the virus. Now, Pelosi is 81 years old. That's deep in the risk range for coronavirus. She's standing at a crowded event in Napa, which according to the Biden administration's color-coded map of the country, is one of the riskiest places in America for coronavirus transmission. And yet Pelosi is not social distancing. She's not wearing a face shield. She doesn't even have a mask on. Why is that? Well, clearly she understands she's not in danger. And since there are no Republicans present, she has no reason to pretend otherwise. As a reminder, here's what Nancy Pelosi sounds like when she's back in Washington. Members and staff will be required to wear masks at all times. This is a mask from all over the country. I'm getting these masks. Real men wear masks, and these masks are essentially important. The chair views the failure to wear a mask as a serious breach of decorum. I have no advice for them, except when they come here, they have to wear a mask. But in any case, uh, I'm a big believer in wearing the mask and not sharing any, shall we say, air uh, unnecessarily. Yeah. So the real justification for mask mandates was right in the middle of that montage of clips. Quote, failure to wear a mask is a serious breach of decorum, Nancy Pelosi says. And she means it. And that's why in Napa, her little brown servants wear masks as they bring her wine. Decorum demands that they do. If there has ever been a clear window into their plans, into the society they are trying to build now, we're not aware of it. 
Our formerly middle-class nation now has a surf class, and they're the ones wearing the masks. They're the ones being forced to take drugs they don't want. They're the ones being told not to communicate with one another, except through the digital channels the party controls. Social distance. We now have two groups of Americans, not a broad middle. We have the favored and the unfavored. We have the saved and the damned. We have the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. That is exactly how the architects of all of this see the country. Michael Hayden once ran the two most powerful spy agencies in America, the CIA and the NSA. Yesterday, a Twitter user asked him this question, quote, can we send the MAGA wearing unvaxxed to Afghanistan? Yes, replied Michael Hayden, good idea. That's how contemptuous they feel about you. Shut up and fetch another glass of Riesling, surf, and be sure not to breathe on me or you'll be deported. These are bad attitudes and they're accelerating. How far can they go? Thoughts? No surprise. I mean, this is exactly what we've seen. Uh, I like the little bit where he goes over the uh, what happened initially back in the day with the, the Spanish flu, mm -hmm. uh, how it just took one photo and you had the entire nation flip the government the bird and say no more mask mandates. Mm -hmm. I want to know where that mentality is today. We've we've no. had not only one photo, but hundreds of photos. Here's the thing, though. I think the mentality, though, is there. And, and let me explain. I think the mentality is there. The problem is, is that you don't have a political class that's willing to save face at this point. They just don't care anymore. They are on self-destruct. They're, they're spiraling out of control. So they just don't care. They're, they're just moving ahead. I don't think that they care about saving face anymore. They think that they're at the end. And they are. They are. There's no way for them to uh, to run things anymore. It is it is literally rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic at this point. When you're expanding our balance sheets by six and a half trillion, if you're the financial class, you're expanding the, the balance sheets this week by six and a half trillion. If you're a Congress and you're trying to pass upwards of five trillion in new spending and we've got twenty nine trillion in debt now, you don't care about saving face. You don't care about that at all. They don't care about getting reelected. They have a foolproof plan to stay in office. And to be honest, to be honest, as we've talked about the election audits before, I don't think a lot of them are even supposed to be there. That's why they're stopping the audits. Yeah, but to where that mentality is, the, the average American isn't like, where, where are they? Uh, we, we, we should like both sides stood up and said, this is hypocritical. You don't even think that it's that dangerous. And clearly all of our politicians are of the same mindset. They don't think it's this dangerous. The masks don't work. It's their, their, or they just wear them for political theater. And yet, the American people, where are the American people and businesses, companies, corporations, where are they standing up and saying, yeah, we're not going to do a mask mandate? They don't work. You, you guys are hypocrites. Well, the corporations, I think they're in it for the same reason that uh, BLM. Uh, you know, they're in it for that is the PR stuff. And they think that, OK, well, this is the message. No, they're just as disconnected from reality as the political and the financial class are. They are. They really don't have any connection whatsoever. They don't come out of their ivory towers long enough to understand how things actually work. They're at the top. They're now going to shut everyone else underneath of them out. They're pulling the ladder up. They got theirs, albeit it wasn't actually legit in a lot of cases. It was stolen through fraud. Let's be honest. Did Microsoft really get started through real entrepreneurship? Did that really happen? Let's be honest about it. I told you Bill Gates has passed. I told you where he got his money. Did he actually start it through genuine entrepreneurship? Now, Jeff Bezos, 
for for as 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 much of an ass as that guy is, he at least started his own company. He at least did that. So I'll give him that. Same thing with Richard Branson. He at least started his own company. Gates didn't. That was handed to him on a silver platter. Oh, he's this great big visionary founder. The man is a scumbag. He is the lowest form of human life, next to possibly George Soros and, and Klaus Schwab and the banking elites. But these people, no, they don't, they, they honestly, they, they don't care. They don't care about saving face. And, and I get where you're saying, where are the Americans? I'll tell you where the Americans are. The Americans are worried about barbecue. They're worried about Netflix, and they don't really care about much else. They don't care if they have to put on a mask to go into Walmart for 25, 30 minutes and get something. They don't care. They don't care. I wish to God they did. But they won't care about something until it hits them smack in the face on their doorstep. When they realize that they are in a position that they no longer have control. When I say no longer have control, when I'm talking about the amount of money that's being taken out here, let me put this into perspective. Bruce, how much is a gallon of gas where you are right now? Now, I know you live in an oil town, so there's a little bit of a, you know, there's a, there's a cost thing here. But to give you an idea, yeah. because it's not going to matter, it's not going to matter what part of the country you live in. I don't care if you live in an oil town or if you live out in 10 buck too. How much is a gallon of gas where you are right now? 268. 268. Okay. How is it going to go in an oil town, okay, where you have a refinery in close proximity? How is it going to go if tomorrow morning the local population wakes up and it's, how much did you say it was? 268? 268, yeah. 268. How's it going to go with the local population if you wake up tomorrow morning and it's 2068 per gallon? Honestly, at this point, I think they'll just roll over and pay it. Okay, let me, let me look at it from the European side, all right? The European politicians are hated. When I say hated, the people are out there walking in the streets with pictures of their politicians in prison stripes, okay? At least the Europeans are actually doing that. The French are building guillotines in Paris under the Eiffel Tower, for God's sake, and they're doing it with smiles on their faces. COVID passports are here. Believe me, I can't go to places I want to go because I need a COVID passport. I'll be damned if I'm taking a COVID passport. You can drop dead. It's not going to happen. But when you see one of these politicians, at least on the European side, when you see one of these politicians out in public, they are hated. One of the federal politicians, just to give you an example, one of the federal politicians in Germany yesterday decided they were going to go to a, uh, a soccer game. Well, you know, they call it a football game, but we call it soccer. Decided he was going to go to a soccer game. Had his two Mercedes Benz limousines out there, you know, with his whole security detail and everything, right? Went into the stadium. The people saw him and they mobbed him. They didn't touch him, but they mobbed him as in they booed him. They booed him so much that he actually left. They booed him. They followed him. They booed him all the way out till he got in his Mercedes and left. They're hated. Klaus Schwab and company down in Davos, they are hated. They have to put out unlisted videos of their garbage agendas because every time they put it out and it's listed, it gets so much hate that it gets delisted. So you can't actually find it. It's the same thing with the United Nations. It's the same thing with the World Health Organization. Same thing with Gates. All these people, their agendas are garbage. No one likes them. And this is supposed to be a platform that they control. They're supposed to be able to control. Like, like Carlson said, they have to get you in their digital place to communicate, right? Everything has to go virtual. They're supposed to control that. That's supposed to be their area of expertise, right? No, no. They're hated even on their own platforms. So yeah, I agree with you. The Americans, we need to get off our damn asses over there for sure, because they got no idea what's coming. They got no idea what's coming. The COVID passports are coming to America, all of it. They are coming. You're going to wake up 
and they're going to be there. And you say, well, no, we've uh, we've taken a stance and we've we've uh, our governors put in a thing against those. Have they? What are you going to do when the federal government comes in and says, yeah, no, those aren't legal and they override those laws that you have at the state level, totally ignoring the 10th Amendment. But what are you going to do? What is your state going to do? Are you going to back your senator, your your state senator or your state governor for standing up against the federal government? Are you going to back having the uh, National Guard come in and, and kick the Fed out and tell them, no, we're not doing it here? Are you going to stand up with them? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to be a negative Nancy. I'm not going to say it. This just in. This is out of the Federalist. Only five percent. Five percent. Listen to these numbers. Only 5% of those evacuated from Afghanistan by the Biden administration are Americans. 5%. Now, I want to spend the last couple of minutes here on uh, on climate change. Now, hear me out on this, right? Climate change. These are things that we need to be concerned about, right? You need to be concerned about climate change. Well, what's the latest? What's the latest from climate change? What, haven't we been told that the, uh, what, what are they saying? The polar ice caps are melting. Isn't that been mm-hmm. one of the main talking points? Yeah. Specifically Antarctica, right? That's, you know, they, they've always shown like mm-hmm. uh, penguins dying and, and polar bears, polar well. bears drowning and all that stuff. And and the mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the the big ice shelves breaking off. That's what you always see is a big chunk of a glacier flopping over into the ocean. And they say, oh, it's man-made. It's your fault. We actually just found out, was it last year, that many, many eons ago, Antarctica was a tropical region. Same thing above the Arctic Circle. I watch archaeologists and uh, and scientists and, and paleontologists go up there. There's only a, a small window every year where you can actually go above the Arctic Circle and do research. They actually found fossils of trees that were tropical trees up there. Things change. And th- this is long before uh, the industrialization and, and the Industrial Revolution and all that stuff. I mean, millions of years. I want to know where the mainstream media is on this. Where are they on this? Antarctic sea ice rebound has surprised scientists. Surprised them. They don't know what happened. Oh, must have been the shutdowns, right? Must have been the lockdowns. Oh, all the all the air travel stopped and and you weren't traveling. That's what caused the rebound. That's the, that's the card they'll probably end up playing is that right there. 2 years ago, mainstream media outlets declared that the sea ice in the South Pole was melting at an astonishing rate. Al Gore actually said in the early 2000s that by 2013, the polar ice caps, the North and the South Pole, would both be gone. Uh, They're still there, Al. They're still there. So a German newspaper, the Süddeutsche Zeitung, which is a newspaper over here, it's a South German newspaper, uh, they reported in 2019 that the Antarctic sea ice had shrunk 1.8 million square kilometers. And they said that the massive disappearance of ice was astonishing. Hmm. Okay. Well, that amount of ice did disappear. That's true. That that did happen. But at the same time, that ice also came back. It's the same thing that happened in Greenland here not too long ago. They actually had enough ice form in a single day. They they actually compared it. You could put the entire bit of, uh, what was it, Central Park in, in New York? You could put that under, was it like 2,500 meters of ice? That's how much ice grew in a single day. It was the largest gain in, in God knows how many years. In, in, the, in the middle of the hottest part of the year. Yeah, in the hottest part of the summer. Yeah. Now, in 2021, so this year, that ice has sharply rebounded in Antarctica. The same mainstream media outlets that reported the shrink of 1.8 square kilo- or 8 million square kilometers in 2019 haven't said a word about this. 
Surprise, surprise, because it doesn't fit the agenda. So the sea ice at the South Pole has rebounded in 2020 and 2021 to the same level that it was three decades ago. So back in the 80s. Moreover, the trend of the last 40 plus years, which has been the satellite era, right? We've been putting satellites up there ever since. So we've been able to gauge it and get a better idea of it. They're saying that since the satellite era of around 40 plus years ago, we've grown at about 1% per decade, roughly. Well, that doesn't fit well with the agenda of shrinking ice caps, does it? Maybe maybe they got it all wrong and it's not climate change. It's, it's global cooling, like they were saying back in the 80s. They were saying that in the 70s, and then it turned into global warming when I was a kid. Uh, I remember them oh, saying yeah, okay. in the in the in the mid 80s that it was uh, it was it was global warming because I remember seeing That's stuff right. on like the kids shows about we were coming out of the acid rain. Yeah, you remember the acid rain stuff? It was going to kill oh, all life. Yeah, by, yeah, yeah. And I remember reading about acid rain and all that stuff when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, whatever. Just give me a break with the stuff. 2021, the Antarctic sea ice is actually tracking well above the multi-decadal average, but the doomsday scenario has disappeared, but the ice hasn't. You notice that? It was supposed to be the ice that disappeared and we were supposed to have the doomsday, but the opposite's happened. The doomsday scenario disappeared and we still have the ice because they were wrong. So the Antarctic rebound of the past two years shows that there is still a host of natural drivers that remain unknown. Now that's according to- yeah, yeah, that, that's according to a German outlet called the cold, tra- translated, it's uh, it's called the cold sun. It appears that oceanic cycles such as ENSO, SAM, or the Indian Ocean play major roles on Antarctic's sea ice variability and not linearly increasing CO2. Oh, who would have thought? I'll be darned. Here all this time, I thought it was it was CO2 emissions. Isn't that what Gates said? Uh, yeah, that's a number. You got to get that number to zero. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Researchers, according to the same publication, researchers are in agreement that the decline in Antarctic sea ice from 2016 to 2019 is due to natural causes. I thought it was man made. Obviously, this is not a good topic for the South German newspaper who do not prefer to report on the ice recovery. Notice that's a little jab at one of their uh, publications. Yeah. Not informing the public about the most recent developments, but instead leaving them with a false impression based on carefully cherry-picked data from two years prior is a classic disinformation technique that has been long perfected by the activist media. Oh, yes, it has. Yes, it has. Now, oddly enough, both NOAA and NASA, you know, the National Oceanic uh, Atmospheric Mm -hmm. Administration, yeah. So them... And NASA, and everybody knows what NASA is, both of them, according to this new research, they agree. Huh. It's funny because those two things, I mean, those are government funded organizations. Don't you think that they should be out there reporting their findings to to the public? Don't, Don't you think that should be something that you should talk about? If you read between the lines, NOAA are saying that we're entering a full blown grand solar minimum. Yeah, we were coming out of a mini ice age and we're going back down into one. So we're going to experience cooling. But see, the trendies out there, I actually, I, I made this point to one of them, this point, at this exact point, I made this point to one of them at one point in time. And you know what they said? No, you're misunderstanding. The cooling is the warming. That's what you're misunderstanding. So do you understand that, Bruce? The, the global cooling is the global warming. That's what I was misunderstanding. Apparently, I, I didn't know what that meant. So yeah. So they're saying that the grand solar minimum in the late 2020s and NASA seeing this upcoming solar cycle as the weakest of the past 200 years, which you said about a year ago that we were going back into a solar minimum cycle, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so we were you, going you to start have... seeing cooling again. Yeah. So the, the, the solar cycle is the every about 
seven to 11 years, roughly, the sun goes to having mm -hmm. a large amount of sunspots and everything, which is uh, it's when it's most active. And then when there's fewer sunspots, that means it's less solely active. It's more of a dormant sleeping state. And it goes through the cycle over and over. So we see warmer temperatures here on Earth and colder temperatures, respectively. Uh-huh. Well, now, don't you think that people should start sharing this finding on social media with all of these graphs? There's a lot of graphs here. All these graphs and all this information that I'm sitting here saying, don't you think that people would, would normally share this stuff on social media and get it out there? Hey, you know, I think we're being lied to by these bunch of, you know, control freaks up there. They're telling you that uh, you can't drive a car. You can't have hot water. Uh, you need two gallons of water a day or five, whatever the hell that guy said from uh, Nestle, five gallons of water a day. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to pay a premium for all this stuff. You're, you're going to have rolling blackouts. Turn your air conditioner off. Air conditioner is bad. You're killing the planet. You know, you're, you're a carbon nightmare, blah, blah, blah. Right. Social media channels are doing the following. They're restricting this information when it comes out. Twitter are purging followers of a lot of the sites that are putting this up, while Facebook are labeling posts as, quote, false and have slapped on page restrictions. Shadow banning as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just another reason why the political establishment and the financial establishment are failing. Just another reason. Again, we said we were going to do a short one today, and it, it never never works that way. Maybe we can do a short one tomorrow. I don't know. We're Midwesterners. Um, short usually means, you know, the Midwestern yeah, goodbye, you know? Yeah, it's usually about three hours. You know, what kind of pie we got? You know, can get, some, get yeah, some of that. Yeah, exactly. Can I take a slice to go after I'm done with that? And then you got any ice cream in there? I mean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those of you who are not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. Uh, we do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast.protomail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of us. Everyone have a great evening.